This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ole Miss fans, fasten your seatbelts. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. It's your chance to talk Ole Miss sports with Rebel coaches and your host, Chuck Roundsville of the Ole Miss Spirit, covering Ole Miss sports for 35 years. Are you ready? We're ready. Are you ready? The lines are open at 888-808-8637. This way, fellas. Now, let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck. Howdy, Tidy Rebel Nation. Welcome to the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. I'm Chuck. He's Yancey. Got a lot to talk about tonight, Yanster. Well, I missed the last two weeks. Not much has happened since then, has it? <laughs> yeah, no, no, hardly anything, actually. Uh, you know, obviously the number one thing is uh, the dismissal of Matt Luke yesterday uh, by Chancellor Glenn Boyce and Athletic Director Keith Carter and had a press conference today. Um, they met with the players last night. At least Keith met with the players last night. Uh, yeah. Very emotional meeting. And then uh, the players met with Matt this afternoon. And extremely emotional uh, time for all of them. Uh, Matt encouraged them to finish what they started. And uh, I think some players that were very, very upset yesterday are coming around today and you know, saying, okay, hey, let's let's just stay the course and, and be a family. Well, Chuck, I mean, how many of these have we gone through since I've been in business with you in the 90s? Uh, you know, we had Nutt and Orgeron, Freeze, Luke, maybe at Cutcliffe. Uh, you know, it's the same thing after every time a coach is dismissed, the players are upset, and then things kind of settle down, and They'll get a coach in and the coach have a talk with them, and that's not not any guarantee that they'll all stay after that talk. But you know, most of the time, uh, the ones that have prominent roles on the team do stay. Yeah, um, some you know not what we expected out of recruiting. You know, several decommits today because uh, you Six. know. Well, they, they lost three DBs and three running backs. You say lost because again, yeah, they they're emotional. Back. But you know, if you noticed, uh, you know, the farther you get away from the state of Mississippi, is where those decommitments were coming. Besides Bullock and in-state kid uh, down in Southwest Mississippi at Columbia, but you expect that. Um, and again, when they get a coach in place, uh, you know, they'll have a chance to get those commitments back. Uh, the question is, is when are they going to get it in place? Because you have the early signing day on the 18th. This weekend was going to be a big recruiting weekend. Uh, Key said, uh, you know, up to 30 um, official visitors could have been on, on tap. But um, I don't know if they're going to bring in a big group. Probably not because they don't have that coach. But I think the guys that are really solid no matter what, like an Darius Coffee and Cedric Johnson – uh, you know, some of the guys I talked to last night, uh, they'll go ahead and bring them in this weekend, sign them in December. The rest of them, 
uh, that have options, uh, you know, a lot of options, they might want to wait until February, and they will they will encourage them to wait till February to sign and bring them in on an official visit in January. Uh, you don't want to waste it now when you don't even have a coach in place. Right. That would not be good timing. And then next weekend, is they'll be gone all week at the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. Yep. So you couldn't have them in that weekend. Couldn't have either. them in unless they're not playing in that game, which yep. several will not be playing in the game. And then the weekend after that is signing day. Right. So, you know, the problem, though, Chuck, is that these coaches are going to pressure these guys and say, hey, sign with us now, talking about yeah. the schools, you know, that yeah. compete with the sure. Ole Miss. Yeah, we're probably not going to have a spot for you in February because, like Ole Miss, they were going to go into the February signing period with two or three spots open. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to tell them, hey, your coach that's coming there might not even have a spot for you, so you better come take it now. So there's a lot that Ole Miss has to get over. All right, what's on tap? Brought to you by the Library Sports Bar, home of Monday Night Football on the huge screen, Ole Miss' most popular watering hole on the square, 120 South 11th. Never mind, you know where the library is. David Johnson will be on at 615 Kermit Davis Jr. at 6.30. Hang tight. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland to test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT Geo 5.6 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT Geo 5.6 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. While Mississippi universities compete at football, when it comes to cutting-edge research, they need to work together. That's why CSPIRE linked our state's leading research universities together with a 100 gigabit per second fiber infrastructure, working in support of the Mississippi Optical Network. Through the CSPIRE tech movement, we're empowering schools and universities with the technology to help them lead research and development for a better future. Learn more at cspire.com mission. The farm provides us with many things, and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry, and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, let First South Farm Credit finance it. We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership or farming your own land a reality. Visit FirstSouthland.com, equal housing lender. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline.
All right, welcome back. Cannon Motion, Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Uh, Yancey and I were discussing the, the uh, dismissal of Coach Matt Luke and yesterday um, in Keith Carter's press conference today, he said uh, he anticipates hiring a new coach very quickly. Going to have to. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think it's urgent. Uh, and obviously the uh, number one candidate for the fans, and I, I think I think for Ole Miss as well, is sitting right there at Memphis State. Norvell. University of Memphis. Yeah. Mike Norvell. Yeah. Um, and he would be a grand slam hire. He's, uh, and he's got a lot of, I've been told today by people on his staff up in Memphis that he's got a lot of interest that, uh, um, obviously Arkansas's after him, Missouri's after him, or he, let's say, Florida I, I want to say, I want to say after him, I shouldn't say that he's a candidate, candidate. Yeah. yeah, at all of the vacancies. The thing about Norvell that impresses me, Chuck, is you look at his track record and he's like saving. He loses coordinators yearly, assistants yearly. They move on up, kind of like you see saving, but he continues that success. He's averaged over 30 points every year. He's been a head coach. So no matter who's his assistant is that offense coordinator, defense coordinator, he continues to have success. And that, you know, that marks an elite coach. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I just think and a another tireless thing, recruiter. Another thing that I think would be very critical if, if he's the guy. Okay. Sure. If he's the guy, he knows this area. You know, no he's doubt. In Memphis, uh, no doubt. North Mississippi. 17 Mississippians yeah. on the roster right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's critical. He would probably, he's probably recruiting some of the same kids that, that uh, Matt Luke had committed here. Yeah, but, but, you know, he knew realistically he wasn't going to be able to poach it unless something like this happened. But there are some prior relationships. Yeah. Oh, I don't mean poaching. I mean, if he were to come in here, he probably has relationships with sure. some of the kids that were committed here. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And could probably flip them. Knows the lay of the land. Yeah. Um, Mike McIntyre's the interim coach, and, and obviously uh, he's been a head coach yeah. for a long time. And uh, uh, I, I would I think he'll do the honorable thing, but I think we're being a, a hair naive thinking that this staff that's been fired is going to go out there and zealously recruit. <laughs> you know, I I mean I'm I'm sure they'll go out there and 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 wear the logo and say good things. Yeah. They're good men. They they They're on the road today yeah, in their houses. Yeah. And they'll they'll do what they're what's required of them, but you know, for them to have passion about it, sitting in a kid's living room and and the kid knows they've been fired and and likely not going to have a job and I mean, it's just a difficult, awkward situation. Well, it is because they spent three to four years on this group. They had 23 committed, and they were just trying to cherry-pick two or three, four more here down the mm -hmm. stretch. And then, you know, they're sitting in kids' houses today, and they see a third of their class decommit. And then they're saying, uh, you know, I don't know who the coach is going to be. I can't tell you for sure you're still going to have a scholarship. But, yeah, you do with us. Um you know, yeah. it's, it's awkward. It's yeah, awkward. It, it but is. at the same and at the same time, those guys have got to look out for themselves and find employment. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've got to be looking for a job. Yeah. Um, and, and even though they're still on the payroll at Ole Miss, I mean, we have to be realistic about it. They have to look after themselves as well. Uh, no question about it. Um, you know, Keith, today, um, 
said that he's going to handle the search himself, uh, Which is along, along with the consulting firm that that actually Ventura that group just the vet you that know, was with the, other coaches, so they can technically say, yeah. "No, I haven't spoken to Ole Miss," and the AD speaks to the I well, mean, you know, or whoever, back, not the AD, excuse me, but whoever their agent is back too, though, to Yancey. the to back, the Ole Miss. Yeah, in the background, background checks are critical now. You, I mean, with the scrutiny that coaches are under, you know. But uh, but I don't want people to get confused on what the group is about. It's not right. to pick the coach no, for no, Ole no, Miss. No, 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 that's that's going right. to be keys. Duty, and he said, like with Kermit, you know, he knew it happened to be the last interview because of timing, and you know, he knew five minutes after it, that's my guy. Yeah. You know, where the other ones, he didn't have that feeling, and he's gonna wait and see who he gets that feeling from. If he's lucky enough to get Norvell right there in front of him, I, I got a feeling he will have that feeling. I, I, I think it's pretty cool that uh, Keith, you know, is willing to take on that task. Without a search committee and, you know, and going through Complicates all everything. that stuff. I, I, and I like it. I like his confidence. I like what he said he wants in a coach as far as, you know, a, a guy that wants to be at Ole Miss. And, you know, there were obvious things. I mean, there weren't any new revelations, but he gets it. I mean, he yeah. gets what's important. Well, i tell you what, Chuck, what has really put uh, – emphasis on speeding things up is the early sign-up period and when they implemented the early sign-up period two years ago i spoke about this very thing of why i did not like the early sign-up period because you have all the coaching changes after thanksgiving weekend and then now you're trying to rush and make decisions you know Mm -hmm. in a matter of a week within a week to be able to salvage your class Mm -hmm. and these players you know now they're told the news two weeks before signing day, and they're scrambling. That's and right. everybody's scrambling, and it's not healthy for the game. Well, they didn't. They, the NCAA rarely thinks about repercussions when they come up with something. Come on. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like the transfer portal. It's, oh. it's just so stupid. Yeah. You know, and then and, and all these, all these uh, immediately eligible kids that can transfer and just leave and be immediately eligible if, uh, if their aunt has a – a migraine headache, you know. I mean, it, it's just absurd. It's absurd, and it's making coaching, it's making coaching and building a program. Well, you just can't, harder you and can't harder have any continuity because you can't build a program through depth, through redshirting, and the fans have even more of a fever to win now, and it's yeah. it's not healthy for There's the game. No, no patience either. All right, we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors Mississippi Railway Hotline. Hang tight. a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland to test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal, nobody 
Chevrolet, find new road. If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander HT Geo 5.6 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander HT Geo 5.6 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV. While Mississippi universities compete at football, when it comes to cutting-edge research, they need to work together. That's why CSpire linked our state's leading research universities together with a 100 gigabit per second fiber infrastructure, working in support of the Mississippi Optical Network. Through the CSpire tech movement, we're empowering schools and universities with the technology to help them lead research and development for a better future. Learn more at cspire.com/mission. Avanakin's Diamond is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. Avanakin's Mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow. When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love, but most of all, say it with Avanakin's Diamond because you know she's worth it. Avanakin's Jewelers Store at Downtown New Albany or VanAkins.com. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the Gangster of Love. All right, welcome back to Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We are very pleased to have our cohort in crime, Mr. David Johnson, on the phone right now. David, what's happening, brother? Hey, Chuck. How are you? Thanks for having me on tonight. Boy, it's been a hectic couple of days, hasn't it? <laughs> Man, the last the last 24 hours, look, I'll put it like this, at 9 o'clock <laughs> last night, you and I were standing out in freezing weather in a dark parking lot. That's how the last 24 hours have been. Yeah. So what's your what's your take on all this, man? You know, uh, uh, I I don't want to bring him into this too much, but you do have a son that plays on the team, and uh, you know you have a, not only a, a professional uh, obligation here, but you have a parental uh, angle to look at. What's what's on your mind? Yeah, you know that's a that's a great question, and uh, it may be a difficult question to answer, but I'll try. Um, you know, as a parent, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this, I'm, I'm saddened as a parent, and I'm just going to be totally honest with you, and, and you have to be careful not to let one side bleed into the other, but, uh, you know, Matt Luke started recruiting my son when he was in eighth grade. Um, that's a long time ago. Uh, he's in graduate school now, and uh, all along the way, of course, we built a relationship with Matt, and, uh, you know... He was always upfront, honest, and genuine about everything, and you appreciate that as a parent. Um, and so I'm saddened in that, in that regard. Um, I know they just had a very emotional team meeting in the Manning Center this afternoon that, uh, you know, from what I was told, there wasn't a dry eye in the building. Most of the team was there. The guys at our own campus were there. Um, and um, it was a tough scene. On the flip side of that, 
you know, you have to look at this program objectively. And six and six led to five and seven, led to four and eight, and led to a difficult finish in this 2019 season. So I understand those that were, were, you know, adamantly calling for change to happen. And they certainly weren't wrong in regards of their concern, I think, for, uh, for the Ole Miss football program. So it is kind of a, it's kind of a complicated situation for me. Um, uh, you know, having a son that played on the team, having a son that was personally recruited by Matt Luke, that was his position coach before he became the head coach. And, uh, you know, so in that regard, I'm saddened to see him go. I'm saddened, I'm saddened to see a lot of those guys go on that coaching staff. But but that's the reality of it. So moving forward, and I appreciate that candid answer. I really do. Um, moving forward, today Keith said hiring a new coach quickly. Uh, he's he he's going to he's going to have a big number as necessary to hire a good coach, meaning money. Uh, he wants somebody that wants to be here. He's going to handle the interview process himself. Uh, what was, your, what was your take on all that? The, I thought Keith handled himself very well today. I certainly did too, and I, I think Keith Carter is—he's uh, had some difficult waters to swim in his first uh, days <laughs> as the athletic director at Ole Miss, but I think he's a guy that is showing he's capable of standing up to the task. And um, I'm glad that Keith said what he said. In other words, that that he's going to hire this because you and I both know there's going to be a lot of outside noise. Uh, that he's going to have to deal with in terms of uh, who is going to take over this football program and who's going to have a very big responsibility of, of, of resurrecting this thing back to what we all know it can be. We got a glimpse of that back in 2014 and 2015. Ole Miss can win big. They can win on the national stage. They can be nationally relevant. Uh, it's going to take the right guy, the right hire. And this is a, this is a big moment already for Keith Carter uh, as the athletic director at Ole Miss. But I was glad to hear him say that. He's taken taking this on. It's his full responsibility, and he, he publicly admitted that today. And um, I wish him well in the search. There are a lot of good names out there. I think there are a lot of capable people that can come in. And, again, you know, you've heard a lot of people say, well, well Matt Luke was so close uh, with this program. You go back and look at the, the very close losses this year. There were still losses. But there is some talent. Uh, you know, within the walls of the Manning Center. Uh, that freshman class is, is not an aberration. They're for real. Now, they've got to have some more help. Recruiting is is, is essential. It's the lifeblood of any program. And you, you have to be concerned right now with the transition period that, that's going on, how this 2020 class is going to ultimately, you know, shake up. All these guys that decommitted today, and there have been a bunch of them, uh, not all of them are gone for good. Some of them will come back in the fold. Some of them are just confused right now. They don't know who they're going to be playing for if they decide to come to Ole Miss. And then whenever you get a new coach in here, there's there's usually a, an immediate shot in the arm in terms of enthusiasm around the program, in terms of the future, and I think that's going to sell well to, uh, to the recruits once this new staff and the new head coach gets in place. The problem is you're on the clock. I mean, with every passing second, you get closer and closer to that early signing period in December. And, um, you know, there's going to have to be some fast work done uh, for this class to be one that's going to be able to help a year or two down the road. David, this is Yancey. Uh, what, who, 
in your mind, with Eli being on the team, holds the locker room more between Plumley and Corral? The reason I ask that is they're going to have to make a decision on what type of offense to build next year, whoever the coach is and, and whichever match, matches the talent better uh, for that skill set that they're looking for. So, I mean, I don't want to put anybody on the spot and say that Matt or, or Plumley is not popular, but which one do you think – holds the locker room the most you know that's a good question and I, I don't know that i can answer that because you know my conversations with, with eli about both those guys is they're absolutely two great guys and fantastic teammates yeah uh, he absolutely loves john rice Plumley, and he he loves matt corral and he has, has told me out of his own mouth before that you know matt has handled this situation that developed with quarterbacks this year matt corral um better than, than, than anybody could have, and he truly did. I mean, you know, to be mentally ready to come off the bench at the Egg Bowl <laughs> for those final two drives of the game and be asked to try to pull it from the fire, and he was. He was ready. Mm-hmm. And not only ready, but willing. Uh, that speaks volumes about Matt Corral. But, uh, you know, the things I hear on both those guys, excellent teammates and, and excellent guys to play for, and I really couldn't tell you that uh, that that one has the, the nudge over the other in regards to that. Look, I, I don't want to be the negative ninny here, but I think we got to be a little realistic about this recruiting class. I mean, I've been doing this transition a long class. time, 40 years, and transition classes historically are, are just not very good. Um, yeah, well, you, now, you can go back to 2017, Chuck, and, uh, you know, when, when Matt had the interim <laughs> title and uh, – that class in itself, uh, and, and what's left of it now, which is not a very lot of guys, maybe 10, 10 people off, off the 17 class still on the roster, and there's not a lot of contribution you're getting from that class. And that was well, kind of look, a transition class. Well, I was going to say, and that really wasn't a transition class because all those mm-hmm. same coaches were still out there recruiting except for free. That's true. You know. So yeah. now, Freeze's first class was ranked seventy eighth in the country, but it ended up being a star studded class like Trey Elson and Mike Hilton and Cody you know, Core, Cody Core, and, and all yeah. those guys that they just out evaluated people in yeah. the end. Yeah. But that's the only one I can think of. Orgeron's was horrible. Nuts was horrible. Nuts sound like eleven hard grade guys, and two years later, all of them but Enrique were were gone. Uh, Orgeron came Enrique, in. Enrique. Enrique uh, uh, <laughs> he said when, Enrique. When Orgeron was there, his class, I believe that was the 2006, I can't even remember, whatever class it was, um, you know, I believe only eight stayed at, uh, farther than one yeah, year out of yeah. the 26 signees. So it's historically very tough, and now you're going to be putting Ole Miss back again. And the fan base is going to have to realize that. They can't be calling for the head in two years again and be in an Arkansas situation like Chuck, you and I North talked Florida about. Or Florida State, yeah. Or Florida State. You know, they're going to have to have some patience because that's the reason. Let's be honest. The reason there's a coaching change is because of the fans. Well, and, listen. you know, they're going to have to. Good luck with patience in a fan base. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but no, the, 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 the point I'm making though is that it's going to, it's going to be very critical who he hires 
that can come in here and, and pass, possibly salvage a decent class. And who better than Norvell, again, yeah. that has been recruiting some of these same players, knows the lay of the land. You're going to have to have somebody like that and then retain someone like a Derek Nix because he's the one he's, this would be his fourth staff to, <laughs> to coach under, yeah. the godfather, and he knows every nook and cranny in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, don't don't count Derek Nix out for being here on this next staff. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> he got and, nine and, lives, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to start calling him the cat. But uh, you know, Yankee brought up an excellent point. The key to this class is going to be superior evaluations, and and you're gonna have to have some good talent evaluators on however this staff shapes out. Because you know, let's be honest. I mean, you're probably gonna have to start looking around at commits at some G five schools. That, that you think maybe the big boys missed on, and you're going to have to go in and try to sell them at the last minute. And I think Yancey brought up Cody Core, prime example right there. Mike Hilton. committed to Troy, if I remember correctly. And uh, Freeze got in there, saw something in him, flipped him at the last second, and the rest is history, so to speak. So you're going to, you're going to need those kind of evaluations, even like an Evan Ingram type, you know, who, who you know, Ole Miss was his only SEC offer. Uh, yeah. And you see how he developed, and that's going to be critical. But they're going to have to do it out of suitcases, guys. That's the hard part about it. I mean, they're going to be hop, plane hopping and, and driving in the boondocks to, to to find these kids and talk to these kids. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch it play out, right, Yancey? A lot of late nights. It is. I mean, and the reason Derek is so important because he was the one staff member that chipped in on every single commitment. There was only one, and that's been Derek the last – Two years, I mean, obviously he's the ace recruiter, you know, thought of be on the staff. So he chipped in with every commitment on that on that twenty three man commitment list, and you know he he will have a relationship with all those kids. All right, David, we appreciate your time, buddy, and uh, I know you've been awfully busy talking to commits today or recruits today, and players uh, and players and and uh, potential coaching candidates and the whole work. So. Yeah, I'm going to try to make it up to this basketball game, but if I don't, you guys are going to have to forgive me because I, I think I went to bed about 4 o'clock this morning. I hear you, brother. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate right, your time guys. and uh, talk to you tomorrow, bud. Thanks for having me on. All right, David Thanks, Johnson. David. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. All right, welcome back to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Hotline. Uh, listeners, y'all are going to be awfully disappointed. <laughs> we were supposed to have Kermit Davis on here, but he just texted me and said he's got a player meeting in a few minutes and he can't come on tonight. Oops. And we got – y'all just going to have to settle Players for or player? Player meeting. You're going to have to uh, settle for Ben Garrett. Hey, Ben. <laughs> 
What I an intro. It was just bed. I just hey. had lunch with him at his favorite place, Newt's. Hey. Oh, well, you know, it's the family business. But, man, what an intro. Heck, yeah. <laughs> just generating excitement for Ben. I thought you'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, – we, we we can talk to you about the same things we were going to talk to Kermit about. Obviously, the NIT preseason up there, a scintillating game against Penn State, a tremendous comeback, and then a belly flop against <laughs> Oklahoma State. Uh, give give us just a, your your thoughts on those two games. Well, against Penn State, it was one of the best comebacks in Kermit Davis's career, and I think the first five minutes of the second half was more of the same, but. They started to figure some things out offensively, got hot from the floor, moved the ball better, and that bled into their defensive effort, which allowed them to rally from behind to beat Penn State. But remember, they fell behind big against Memphis, too, and they've been flirting with um, danger for a while now. So going into Oklahoma State, they did it again. They fell behind big. But it was like a four-point game with seven minutes to go in the first half or something. And they closed out the first half with an 18-1 to um, deficit or run against them from Oklahoma mm-hmm. State. And a lot of that had to do with what's been the problem so far early in the season, and that's Brian Tyree and Devontae Shuler's um, offensive inefficiency. The ball is sticking way too much with Brian, and Devontae just doesn't have a lot of confidence right now in his offensive game. Had a great first three games of the season, but since then it's been a struggle. So Devontae's always been a guy that has not allowed his – lack of offensive production to bleed into his defense but so far this season as he struggled that's led to like it has that like it's been a problem for Brian um that's led to defensive lapses and not getting back in transition and that's why you're seeing so many transition baskets and transition threes and just um defenders sagging off of offensive players to allow them easy opportunities to score and it just snowballed and I think Kermit Davis got sick of it against Oklahoma State, just has seen enough. Hadeem C um, has been a project all year, just getting um, consistently good play out of Hadeem for an extended period of time. And he finally makes two really good plays back-to-back. And like Kermit said in the post game, then wants to talk noise to an official. So he pulled him out of the game, and he didn't play him for the rest of the game. And in the second half, he said, screw it. He threw a bunch of the uh, guys at the end of the bench into the game, gave – Dude, Colin, who continued to play with great energy and great purpose, the most playing time of his career, and even had guys um, late, you know, late in the game that were, you know, the 13th, 12th, and 13th guy on the bench at the end of the bench, like a John McBride, for example, in the game, just give him playing time because he was just embarrassed and he just didn't want to see it anymore. So, all right. So, my question going for my question going forward is: Was Friday an aberration, or was it the latest in an extended trend from Memphis and Penn State of this team falling behind, struggling offensively early, and having to battle back because we still have not seen this team play a full game of great basketball. So let, let's let's start at the root of the problem, Ben. You mentioned it briefly. Why why are we getting this kind of play from uh, Brian and from Devontae? I mean, these are two proven veterans who, uh, I mean, they they produced last year. They produced the year before. Um, I mean, something's got to be going on mentally with them. Are they pressing? Or, I mean, the turnovers, the, the the lack of transition defense, the the poor shooting. This this is not physical because we know they can do it. 
Well, let's not forget that they have an, they had an NBA player at the three with them last year who created a lot of open space and really spaced the floor. Three and D player Terrence Davis that allowed them uh, driving lanes that they're not getting right now. I don't think defensive, I mean, defensive teams or defenses in general respect whoever Ole Miss puts at the three right now to do the thing that Terrence Davis did, be it shoot for three, um, drive, the, drive the lane. Those lanes that were open to Devontae and Brian last year consistently aren't there anymore. So if you're Brian, you have to figure out a new way to play within the offense and get that spacing. His problem, he's still playing like he did last year where he's trying to drive in the lanes that aren't there. So you're seeing these times where he's driving into double double teams and just Triple. coughing the ball up. <laughs> yeah, just tripping and the ball is going away. I mean, and here's, what's, here's, what, here's what bothers me about that, that statement, okay, from a veteran player. He is so good at 10 or 12 feet. His mid-range jumper is so good. And why he can't recognize that that's there for him, and he mm-hmm. just keeps dribbling and goes right into a triple team. Uh, it's, well, nobody, it's, it's nobody loves dribbling to me. more than Brian Tyree. There's no doubt that Brian loves dribbling more than anything <laughs> right now. But um, you're right. He's really great at mid-range shooting. That's kind of his forte. And um, it's there for him within the offense. But the ball is sticking with Brian just way too much. The same thing with mm-hmm. Devontae. Is it sticking, sticking with, with Brian, though, Ben, because nobody's being aggressive to score the ball? Or is it sticking on Ben Velcro hands like with AK? No, it's because Brian is trying to create offense outside of the offense that isn't there. And I, Brian is not a selfish player, but within that offense, that is a selfish player because you're not getting the ball to this third and fourth side, which will give you a better shot. And Kermit always wants his offense to at least have one post-touch mm-hmm. per possession. And for the longest, they've just not gotten that That's every right. trip down the floor. And when that happens, it falls apart. And if you're going to continually play outside of the rhythm of the offense, you're going to get bad results, and you're going to fall behind. And Blake Henson saved them against Penn State, had a great game shooting. But Blake Henson Bryce was Williams, too. Bryce. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But Blake Henson was bad against Oklahoma State. Uh, Bryce yeah, Williams mm-hmm. was bad against Oklahoma State. They can't mm-hmm. bail you out. At the end of the day, Ole Miss has to be able to rely on Devontae Shuler and Brian Tyree to be the all-SEC caliber guards that they are, and so far they haven't been that. Brian is shooting 35% or so from the floor and 25% from three. He is a better player than that. And the reason he's shooting so poorly is because he's taking contested shots, contested That's threes, right. Right. contested mid-range shots, and that – can change if he allows the ball to get to the second and third side and continue to play within the offense. They're going to get him touches, but he's forcing his touches right now, and it's causing problems offensively. I think the light needs to come on for Sammy Hunter for this team to take the next step as well because C gets in foul trouble, gets emotional, and there's really not a number two center to put in there because Sammy's not playing to the level that we – we're all hoping he would play for. So when he can take that next step, I think the team will take the next step as well. I don't but disagree. I, I mean, I, I, I get, I get that, Yancey. I mean, and I think that's a valid point. But the these these stalwarts have to straighten their game out sure, first yeah, for us to sure. be worth a damn. Well, no doubt about it. I think that I think they can do that. But the development of Sammy yeah, is is going to no be question. big for this team down the road. All right. So talk about it, uh, Bryce Williams. Well, I want to make a, a point bit. about Sam. I want to make a point about Sammy real quick. Kermit okay. said he could he could potentially start against Butler tomorrow, and I think that's telling because Sunday was not a fun day for these players. They had four hours of practice, 
two two-hour sessions, <laughs> and they basically focused on transition defense and just those tough plays. Sammy has to be tougher around the rim, but remember, yeah, he didn't get here till August. He didn't right. get the yeah. summer. That kid's on a different schedule than everyone else, so I'm willing to give him a little bit more rope than everyone else. Hadeem sure, Blake just started playing right a week ago. His conditioning will get better to get back on transition yeah. defense and offensively, so I, I think some pieces will start to come together. Talk talk to me about Bryce Williams. I if mm, that if I that, that game kid. at Penn State was any indication of of where he's supposed to be, uh, that's a heck of a piece to add to this puzzle. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated to see if he can hold up long term as a backup point guard. But the playmaking ability is there. Ideally, Bryce Williams is anchoring your second unit as a scorer. But because you're not getting consistent production from Devonte and Brienne. He's having to play a bigger role than he's necessarily ready for, and that kind of got exposed against Oklahoma State. But if he can be that piece for you in the second unit that can just go be dynamic at the rim and drive in and also can be prolific from three when given open shots, he can be a true weapon for them. But, again, this all comes back to one thing. Can Devontae and Brienne be good? Because if they yeah. can't be good, there are seven newcomers on this team. They're yeah. not going to get bailed out by Terrence Davis. He's not here anymore. Blake Henson is just now getting back healthy. And Blake Henson does a lot of the same things that TD did, but he's not where TD was last year. He's got two years to get to that place. I don't know if he'll ever get to that place, but as a three-point shooter, he's dynamic. Can you affect the game outside of making a three-blade? That's what he has to answer, and he hasn't answered that yet. Um, At the end of the day, this basketball team's success is going to be dictated by Devontae Shuler and Brian Tyree, and they have not been good so far. What is going on with uh, Buffin and his foul situation? He, he I think a lot of it's just the last two games, though. Yeah, I just think a lot of it's He didn't foul out, though. <laughs> I think well, that it's bad. is better, I guess. <laughs> I think that's better than missing 18 minutes of a game because of foul trouble. Yeah, okay. I think it's All poor right, decision-making. I think it's poor yeah. decision-making. He acknowledged it after, um, I, I think it was a couple games ago, when we asked him about his foul troubles, and he said it's just dumb mistakes. And I asked him to expound on that, and he said – well, you know, two guys fouled me, and I just wanted to foul them back. Well, that hurts your team because you have to be on the floor. You know, reta- retaliatory th- uh, fouls, it, it does nothing for anyone. Um, Hadim sees, you know, kind of just up and down. He's kind of floating right now. That's to be expected. But you and Blake, y'all are supposed to be the smartest high IQ guys on the floor. That's what Kermit Davis believes you to be. And is not smart basketball to just retaliate and foul guys that have fouled you and you think it's ticky-tack or you're complaining to the ref. So if you're K.J. Buffin, just play with a maturity level that allows you to stay on the floor. And if you do that, I mean, he put up 13-6 and six in 14 minutes, I think, against Penn State or Memphis, whichever game he fouled out. It might have been Memphis. Fouled out of this game, and he'd already, he'd already had 13-6. and six. He was like plus 17 or something on the floor. That's insane. If you're on the yeah. floor and you're staying there, you're going to be an all-league caliber player. So that, that's all about maturity and just knowing that you're going to be frustrated in the game. There are times that you're not going to get calls your way, all that stuff. But just play within yourself and be your, and, and do what you're capable of doing and don't make dumb mistakes that you can easily make. All right, la- That's his last thing. question. How, how, how big is the broken foot for Rodriguez? Oh, it's huge. He's out eight weeks. And um, it just came about in pregame against Penn State. They were just doing some basic drills and his foot pops. And it hurts. I mean, Luis was probably one of the most consistent rebounders through the first – six games of the year, and to not have him is a big deal. Now, offensively, he wasn't doing much, but he was starting to come around, especially 
with his mid-range shooting. And it's kind of like what I call him a poor man, Brandon Clark, uh, who was with Gonzaga last year, now with the Grizzlies. I mean, he's never going to be a prolific three-point shooter. He can shoot threes, but really his game is played within about 12, 12 feet and in. And he was really starting to come around to that and making shots like that. Defensively, he was already good, but losing his rebound, that's a big deal now. And not having him at the three, they're going to feel it. And I don't think I think Kermit realized pretty quickly against Oklahoma State. You know, Austin Crowley, he's going to be a heck of a player, but he's only 185 pounds right now. <laughs> he doesn't really have a replacement on the bench for Luis. And when he started to try to sub guys in, he realized, well, Luis really isn't here, and I don't have very many options at my disposal. So it's going to hurt. And I think getting him back, they're going to be careful with him, but getting him back at any point will be a huge boost. But can they stay – and it sounds crazy to say this, but can they stay afloat – without him. I think they can, but it goes back to what we've been saying. We're sounding like a broken record. Devontae and Bree, can you be good? And if they are good, Ole Miss will be good. uh, Ben, uh, you're not Kermit Davis, but you did a pretty good (laughs) job. I appreciate your time, brother. Ah, I'll take that back. Any compliment. Thank you. See you later. (laughs) Take care, buddy. Thanks, Benjamin. Ben Garrett. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment. Over 50 years of serving the Memphis area with all your equipment needs. Located at 4890 East Shelby Drive, you can rent, buy, or have repaired all of your own equipment at Rebel Equipment. Well, Yancey, I hate to even bring this up, man, but it just has to be said begrudgingly. It just it just has to be. It's not meant to elicit sympathy or get a reaction or anything. It's just me clearing my mind. You'll have to decide how you want to clear yours. While I'm upset, angry, pissed off at Pissgate, as anyone on the planet, and I will never, ever excuse the actions of sophomore wide receiver Elijah Moore, I will forgive him. Why? There's lots of reasons. One, it was a colossal mistake that directly and adversely affected hundreds of people, including his teammates and his coaches, and indirectly affected thousands in his fans. But mistakes are what we humans do, all of us. Make a mistake, correct it, move on, try to do better. It's the cycle of being a human. If you've never made a mistake, cast the first stone, the Bible says. Well, I can't cast. I don't know about you. Two, the younger I was, the dumber my mistakes and errors in judgment were. Funny how my miscues became less and less egregious as I grew older and a bit wiser. But when I was 18, 19, 20, goodness, I was a dumbass doing stupid (laughs) things I would never dream of doing as I got older. Young adults just seem to be susceptible to idiocy. It's simply part of the gig of growing up and maturing. I'd like to think I wouldn't have done anything quite as dumb as what Elijah did, but deep in my heart, I know better. Three, I know Elijah more personally, and if you had told me prior to the game that an Ole Miss player would pull a prank like that and ask me to name who it would be, Elijah would have been near the last on my list that I would have chosen on the team to unleash such an irrational act. Up until that unfathomable reaction from hell that seemingly came from nowhere but was certainly planned, this young man has been all class in every way that I know of. He's a good student, a good teammate, just plain good. After one particularly tough loss earlier this year, I saw that kid wait on the field where players entered the tunnel going to the dressing room and individually hug almost every player and coach as they came by. That's not a self-centered, selfish person. But what he did Thursday night was exactly that. So, so uncharacteristic. So Elijah has been met with harsh reaction. 
And he deserves some criticism. He needs to know that for every act there's a consequence. He needs to learn that for every action there's a reaction, particularly in the bubble athletes live in where everything they do is seen and scrutinized and put out there with the indelible ink of social media. But he doesn't deserve his scholarship to be taken away, as some have suggested. He doesn't need to be kicked off the team, as others have. He does not need to be told to transfer. He does not need to be ostracized beyond what that dumb act constitutes. Yep, Elijah, what you did I'll never excuse, but you'll learn from it, grow up, and get over it, and so will I. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment in Memphis, Tennessee. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Hill Hotline. Hang tight. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline. Good blues right there, Rhino. Thank you, buddy. All right, uh, let's go to the control room with Mr. Jack Schultz and around the SEC. Take it away, Rhino. It's time for this week's report from around the SEC. Brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy, home of the Ugly Mug Coffee and TCBY Yogurt. Located next to the library on Bramlett Boulevard college football regular season came to an end on Saturday and the coaching carousel is already at full speed. Arkansas had a head start on their coaching search. They are now joined by Missouri who fired Barry Odom and Ole Miss who as you all know fired Matt Luke. While those three schools are now focused on finding new leaders, Ed Orgeron and Kirby Smart are locked in on the SEC title game. The championship between LSU and Georgia will be played Saturday at 4 p.m. on CBS. LSU won the West with a perfect 12-0 record. Georgia finished 11-1, 7-1 in SEC play. Nine SEC teams finished the season bowl eligible. Missouri was also 6-6, but ineligible for the postseason. The biggest surprise, of course, was Tennessee, who finished 7-5, 5-3 in conference play. In basketball, Arkansas and Auburn are the only two teams in the conference remaining unbeaten. Games to watch this week include Ole Miss hosting number 24 Butler tomorrow night. Alabama faces Stephen F. Austin, who upset Duke last week. On Saturday, Florida will also face Butler. Missouri faces Temple. And Arkansas takes on Rick Stansberry and Western Kentucky. That's the latest news around the SEC. Have a great week, everybody. All right. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate it, buddy. Um, Jack's in law school. So I think he's in his last year of law school, Yancey. Um, he's pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah. He's worked his way through college and worked his way through Law school and worked here at Red Wheel Hotline uh, for several years. and Got to respect I, that. Yeah, I, I think the world of Jack. I really do. 
Uh, Butler tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Man, we need to pack the pavilion. Yeah. That's a, it's a big, big game. game. It's big a big game. game. They're top 22 or 3 in the country. Yeah, they've be got a top a, 20 RPI I, win at the end. I've been told that uh, this is a team that some people are saying has an outside shot of like a Elite Eight. Final Four, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that they're really good. And I've heard that they have a guard that's a, a sure thing for the NBA. Now, yeah. I, I haven't seen them, so I don't know that, but I'm just telling you, I'm passing that along. I, I think Kermit's going to use that that thumping as a teaching tool, and I, I look for Ole Miss to oh, play well too. Tuesday. I do too. We were awfully negative with Ben on here, but there's some negative things going on Well, right you just now, have such high expectations for Kermit, like everything needs to be perfect because he's such a good coach, but – I think uh, I think they're going to play well Tuesday. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I'm looking forward to being there. The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. If you need a four-wheeler or a side-by-side, a lawnmower, Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. Brett Rousey and his staff give you a great price on a model you want with affordable financing and competitive, competitive prices. That's Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. The good, well, the unbelievable comeback over Penn State in the NIT preseason tournament in Brooklyn was, well, unbelievable. Down 21 points in the second half to a really good team that appeared to be dominating. And then Brian Tyree and JUCO transfer Bryce Williams just took the game over in, well, an unbelievable display of clutch play and not giving up and chipping away and hustle and everything good about good hoops. What a great win. I mean, and Penn State went on and beat Syracuse pretty badly in the consolation game. Really good team. Bad, unfortunately, as good as the comeback against Penn State was, <laughs> the effort against Oklahoma State in the finals, which resulted in a huge loss, which Kermit Davis Jr. called embarrassing, was just as bad as the PSU game was good. The Rebs looked awful. Uninspired, out of sync, and like they had dead legs from the game against Penn State. It was just a bad deal. The ugly, well, I hate to change it up, but the ending of the Egg Bowl has to fall in that category of ugly. It was ultimately the straw that broke the camel's back on Coach Matt Luke's tenure. It was mm. like Ed Ogeron going for it on fourth down at Mississippi State and not making it, which led to a loss. You knew when it was happening, it was going to cost somebody something certainly that play did not cause matt's dismissal the four and eight record did but it was that moment when even some of his best supporters stepped off the luke train right or wrong it was just a bad deal yep the good bad and ugly brought to you by big delta power sports in batesville well uh you got your hands full. Yeah, trying to keep just up uncertainty. With it. I mean, yeah, you know, it's I just... mean, you had a you had a class already kind of settled. <laughs> yeah, you were you were talking about Cruising. taking a Christmas vacation, huh? <laughs> I guess that's all. A, a, a cruise down to the Caymans. No, and, and now you're going to cruise down in, uh, Jackson Hole. That's where I like to go. Yeah, well, you ain't going to Jackson Hole now. Nope, nope, not <laughs> after signing day. But uh, you know, hopefully by next Monday we got a coach. I doubt it. You know, I think it's very hard to work it in that time frame, but hopefully we do. Well, I mean, I was told that Keith kind of indicated to the players he was going to try to get one in here by this weekend. Yeah. Now, try. Try. Yeah. Now, he didn't, in his press conference today, he didn't commit to quite that quick of a, a, a right. turnaround. But I think his his intention is to get them in here fast. 
Uh, it'd be, I think it's a very smart move just to have Keith, you know, not five-person member, oh, ten-person member. Yeah, that, that slows that drags everything it down. down. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that was a smart move. And, hey, Keith's, you know, Keith's the one that got Kermit. I know Ross was on it too, but Keith was the one that said, hey, that's my, that's our guy. And, look, I'm going to say this in closing. we got to run. Uh, this is still a desirable job. Sure. It's still the SEC West. Oh, yeah. It still pays. We can still win here. Let's let's not lose sight of that. Oh yeah. All right. We'll be back next Monday night on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hopefully with a new football coach, maybe, and and mm. talking about a win over Butler, all that stuff. Let's get some positive stuff going. We'll be back next Monday night. Good night, everybody. Hotty toddy. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.